Our guests join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent and hit favorites.com to get a quote in four minutes or less. We want to welcome you in week one in the books, week two, which could give us some even better matchups, uh, more power five and uh, drama. Plus, the NFL gets kicked off on Thursday, which is exciting, too. Uh, Mike Dettelier joins us. WWL Radio TV New Orleans is brought to you by Sound and Communications. SoundcomAV.com. The leader. They provide leading-edge audio-visual for churches, businesses, and sports facilities. SoundcomAV.com. Mike Dettelier on the Out of Bounds Show. Mike D., uh, I was shocked that LSU not only got, well, I, I knew Florida State could win, but uh, the way that they lost got blown out, and I thought they quit in the end, uh, which also surprised me. What was your takeaway from the game? They didn't get beat. They got beat up. I mean, it was that simple. Um, the surprise for me is the, they lost the battle in the trenches. Uh, offensive, defensive line, they, they really got it taken to them. Uh, Florida State um, controlled the tempo. Um, I, in the second half of that game because they won the battle up front. And you might say, well, you know, LSU uh, had missed opportunities early. They had drop passes. Uh, Florida State had five drops too. Yeah. Uh, it didn't stop them, uh, you know. So um, it, it was surprising that they didn't match up better up front. And we talked about this all week long. Uh, radio television wise that I, I think Florida State's the best team LSU will play all season long. Uh, they they got a lot of talent on that team. An experienced quarterback and it is rare in this business that you got a six foot seven receiver and a six foot four kid in Keon Coleman. Keon grew up in Louisiana. He, he went to Appaloosa's high school. Um, ended up at Michigan State. He was on the B list for LSU. Um, almost went to Tulane, uh, to be honest. Uh, him and I had spoke about it before he uh, he signed with Michigan State. And then he wanted to come back. He wanted to come back and play for LSU in the transfer portal. And he wasn't on the list. And so he signs with Florida State. Uh, but, uh, man, uh, Mike Norvell's got it going. And you can tell they've used that transfer portal very well when you consider that top players. Um, and Jordan Travis started at Louisville. Trey Benson, that running back, started at Oregon. He's a Mississippi guy, you know, and he goes to Oregon. Uh, Keon, Louisiana, Opelousas. Jared Verse, who's from Cleveland, Ohio, went, goes to Albany and then goes to Florida State. They've done a really good job there, but I'm surprised of uh, the physicality and how they really took it to LSU in the second half and wore them out, just absolutely wore them out. And um, you got to give Florida State credit. They were the better team, and they they deserve to win. The score is no indication of how they dominated that game in the second half. No indication. LSU scored late. That was a gimme touchdown. <laughs> everything else, Florida State controlled everything uh, in that game. 
Mike, uh, is it time to pan? I mean, they, they play Grambling, and then they play five conference games in a row. Where are you on the, on the panic meter, one to ten? Well, I, I'm never a panic guy. Uh, I think people who are like that or want to kind of rank things up like that, they need jerk reaction people. That's why they don't have money. That's why they got difficulties in their personal and their private lives and business lives. You, you got to be steady with things. The same people that are squawking about this today are the same people that were squawking about it when they got beat last year. The difference is there were a lot of expectations for LSU this year. So uh, I think Brian Kelly's going to uh, straighten this out. He's he's won 10 games or more every year since 2017 uh, at Notre Dame and then at LSU. So he's going to straighten it out. Uh, panic button, uh, I don't get that part. Uh, LSU's way too talented uh, for the panic button situation. But it goes to show you, for me, not how much LSU is who they are is how good Florida State is. Because you know what? Uh, Even though they were a top-10 team, there were a lot of question marks about Florida State. And uh, they answered that. They answered the bell. So I think LSU will will straighten that out. Their schedule gives them a little bit of a runway to get it straightened out. Um, And, you know, you play Alabama and Texas A&M late in the process. But – the surprising part was their inability to run the football and their inability to stop the run. They got beat up front, and that surprised me. You returned five of your top six offensive linemen. Uh, defensive line-wise, I know Mason didn't play, but, man, you, you hit the transfer portal pretty hard. You got a lot of starters from other teams. Uh, didn't transfer, and you out-schemed your best player. Okay, what the hell would they do with Perkins? I don't you know. know. <laughs> you were overthinking that. Um, you know, he's much better uh, coming off the edge, and especially in this game, understanding who you're playing. Now, for other games, uh, I get it trying him at that middle linebacker position. For this game, they needed him to be a presence to constantly – uh, be an irritation to the Florida State quarterback. And LSU got zero sacks in this game. Zero. Okay. You're not winning against Florida State unless you can get pressure. You're not beating them that way. And Florida State was prepared for Harold Perkins playing that spy linebacker. They, I, I'm still confused on what Matt House was thinking of for this game not to have Harold Perkins be a bigger influence uh, as a pass rusher. So, I, I mean, do you, is this a team that can get it together? It's just week one. They, they'll be in the mix with the SEC West. Or is it just a wait and see till they get to start in two weeks and kind of see where they are and where Mississippi State is and – and how that game plays out, Mike? Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be fun. I think they're gonna get that straightened out. Uh, Brian's a good coach, and I think he will get that. You know, you know some of the issues straightened. 
One issue he's not going to get straightened out is that corner. But we've talked about that from start to finish. For a team that built themselves as DBU, uh, they got picked on and picked on pretty good by Florida State. Now, again, it's rare when you got those two type receivers out on the field. How does Keon Coleman slip away from L- He slipped away from not one coach, but two. Right. He slipped away from Ed Ogeron. He slipped away from Brian Kelly. Wow. And, mm. and, but I'll be honest with you, Malik Neighbors was not an A-list guy for LSU initially. Uh, he was sort of on the B-list. And he had verbally committed to Mississippi State. And then on signing day, um, they uh, lost out on a receiver from Texas. And uh, Ed put the uh, full-court press and was able to get Malik. Uh, with Keon, it was a different situation where I don't think LSU was in the mix for Keon. It came down from what he told me, Michigan State, Tulane, Mississippi State. So Michigan State. Tulane, Mississippi State. Then he decides to leave after he leads the Spartans in receptions. He wanted to come back and he wanted to play for LSU. And they made the determination that they were satisfied with what they had. Um, at the end, it goes right back to the head coach because you, he makes the final decision, no matter what. You, you got a recruiting coordinator and a position coach, but it, it comes down to you. So not only did they miss on Keon once, they missed on him twice. But so did a lot of other teams. Yeah, they did. You know, and so uh, he didn't have a a long list of teams that was in line for him. Um, so, but, and he was a great athlete. I got to watch him play. Uh, he was a he had about a dozen uh, basketball scholarship offers. Wow. Yeah, he was that good of an athlete. And uh, he ran the sprints, but I always told him, you're too tall to run the sprints. You you had a little (laughs) bit too much meat on the boat. And he would always laugh about it. And he he was a long jumper and that sort of thing, too. But he was a great athlete here. It just, he was at a small school. And maybe they didn't feel as though it would translate. But once he hmm. did what he did at Michigan State, the line should have been much longer than what it was for him. Yeah. And uh, it actually wasn't. And so goes to show you how in this business um, nothing is perfected. No. And, and he's going to end up being a really – High draft choice. Oh, that was my next question. Where do you project? For our listeners, we're talking about the wide receiver at Florida State. He's from Louisiana. He went to Michigan State. It was a battle between Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and Mike Norvell in Florida State. LSU passed on him again. And y'all saw what he did on Sunday. Where do you project him at the next level, Mike D? I, I want to see him play a little bit more, but I think he'll be a um, a top 60 pick. I feel the same way about Trey Benson. If Trey can stay healthy, uh, the running back from Florida State, um, now he had a knee injury at, at Oregon, but uh, he was another guy that he had some people interested. He, his list was a little longer than Coleman's, but, uh, man, once Trey gets cranked up, he's pretty doggone good too. 
Uh, you got to give Narvo credit, along with his staff, for picking out people that fit very well into what they did. So, um, yeah, it, 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 so really, after a real rough start at Florida State, uh, Mike Norvell has steadied the boat. You know, he steadied it in some in some real rough waters because it could have easily went sideways. Easily. It could. Sideways. No doubt. Those first two years uh, were rocky. Mike Natillier on the Farm Bureau. And even last year. Think yeah. about it. They beat LSU, and then they go on that skid midseason. And a lot of people were like, uh-oh, this ain't good. But they were able to steady the boat and, um, you know, finish strong. And uh, they're legit. Uh, you know, there, there's no questioning that Florida by Florida State about how good of a team they are because uh, they, they got depth and talent. Uh, across the board, and they got a quarterback that, man, he's not prototypical, okay? He doesn't have a super strong arm, and he's not real tall, but, man, he makes things happen, and uh, he's Houdini. Uh, LSU a couple times had him pinned in, and he got away, you know? Uh, So Norvell's going to win a lot of games with Jordan Travis. I can tell you that. Mm. How – Shocked over the Duke Clemson final or the way the game? Uh, to a certain extent, yes. But, you know, we could kind of, this one you could see coming that Clemson has not been a full participant in this transfer portal thing. Uh, it's just some hard headedness uh, with Dabo. He, he really didn't want to deal with it. He's more old school than Nick Saban. Now, Nick about it, but at least Nick participated in it when he when he, when he needed players. Dabo, I mean, he almost kind of sat it out, and it's catching up to him. I'm just telling you. And uh, I remember Pete Jenkins telling me this that Mike, um, it's hard in this world to get top flight quarterbacks and really good defensive linemen. And he said, "Watch, it's going to come to an end quickly with Clemson." Uh, he said, I don't know about those defensive linemen they're recruiting. And uh, the quarterback, I'm not quite sure about. Uh, that was this summer he told me that. And I think he's absolutely right. But when you get to the one, the four, and the seven-yard line, <laughs> and you come away with zero points, boy, you ain't winning a lot of games. You're not winning a lot. And, okay, two fumbles and a missed field goal. And Mike Elko, he's not loaded with talent, but he's got a good quarterback. Uh, the system there defensively, they bend, but they don't break. And and Mike's done a real good job. I've, I've always been a fan of his uh, when he was at Notre Dame and at A&M. And I, he's brought some toughness, some physicality, and um, oh, some confidence on that Duke team. But, man, Clemson last night, they had a lot of things going for them. They just couldn't finish nothing. No, one, four, and seven, like you said. the next big test, in a couple weeks, they play Florida State. They have beaten Florida State seven straight years. 
they have been the ditch, so to speak, that Florida State hasn't been able to leap over. Had they put, if they played that type game against Florida State, it's going to be an embarrassing loss. But you know he, he's got a couple weeks to straighten it out. Now with Krumnik, I think you're always going to have ups and downs with him. Uh, he's got that persona to him where it's never going to be real smooth. It's always going to be either real high or sort of a dip. And are you really scared of Clemson when you play them today? No. At one time, they had almost an aura about them that, man, they got so much more talent than us. Let's just hang in there and maybe get a break. Today, you don't fear them anymore. There is no fear. When you play Clemson, man, when you Duke didn't have any fear of them, I know that. <laughs> Elko, man, wow, what a job turnaround last year, and and then to take to take Clemson down. You're right, you know, Dabo's kind of pulling a Mike Shashevsky when the one and done rule went, and and Mike said, "I'm not doing that." And boy, he realized quick. Even, I mean, it was I think within a year, Dabo still. You know, we're almost on year three. Dabo's going to have to figure this thing out. Can you imagine if he, if if Dabo Swinney decides to be this hard-headed and doesn't adjust at all and just totally loses it and becomes a, I don't know, pretty good to good program? Then he won't be there much longer because they're not going to put up with it. You've gotten used to winning and winning at the highest level. And the hierarchy, understand, the college football world is changing hourly. I'm not talking about daily, hourly. And if you don't adapt, you you lose. And it's just like the business world. If you don't adapt quickly, you've fallen behind. And you, you started to see a little bit of it last year, and I think it's evident now they, they have not figured it out. Not that they don't have talent in some places, but their defensive line, and, and I think Pete's absolutely right about it. Their defensive line at one time they had four, four they had four first round picks. Okay, last year they had two. And do you see anybody on there that that's not that caliber of defensive line? And they always had great receivers. I'm not sure about that today. And the quarterback situation, man, they went through a run there for a while. Boy, they it did. Was pretty successful. Wow. And they run DJ off, and, you know, he goes to Oregon State. And they've handed it to Klubnik now. He's got to make it work uh, because they put everything in his basket. Mm. All the eggs are in his basket now. There is no... Superman coming out, you know, from the telephone booth to save him. Yeah, he, he's going to have to hit the portal. Mike Dettelier on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mike, I've only got a couple minutes. Can uh, Obviously, this weekend is a great opportunity for Dennis Allen. It looks like Tennessee's in transition. Um, the Saints have a good team. We'll see if they're really good. But the game's at home. And uh, I like Vrabel as a head coach. Can't really figure out what they've been trying to do in the in the front office, starting with A.J. Brown and other things. But 
Uh, what are your ex- expectations Sunday in New Orleans? Stop Derrick Henry. Uh, if you're going to beat me, beat me with Tannehill. But I'm not going to let Derrick Henry run 25, 30 times in this game. Uh, so it's slow him down and then get after Tannehill. And so defense is going to play a big part in this. The one thing about the Titans, their front seven is really good. Well, really good. And if that there's a weakness on this team with the Saints, it's certainly offensive line. Ooh. Don't let nobody feed you any horse hockey to tell you anything different. Uh, it is a major question mark on this football team. And so um, you got to throw the football. You got to protect Derek Carr. The secondary is still suspect for me, uh, for the Titans. They got to prove it to me. They were dead last uh, in in passing defense last year. So I go after that. I think the Saints win this game. I think it'll be tight, but I think the Saints win this game. Uh, and you know the key is, it's not difficult to figure out the Titans. They want to run the ball, and they want to stop the run, and try to hit up with a big turnover somewhere. So it's about pass protection for the Saints on offense and on defense. Stop the big man, and he's been bubble wrapped now all preseason and <laughs> training camp. So you get a fresh one. Yeah. You get a fresh Derrick Henry right off the bat. Jeffrey Simmons against that New Orleans Saints uh, offensive line, among others. So, all right. Uh, big weekend in New Orleans, Ole Miss in town and, uh, and Ole Miss in town, uh, yeah. oh, man, uh, um, you, I don't think Tulane, Tulane can play with them, but you may, you, uh, I've got one minute. What do you think? I, I think Ole Miss wins this game. I, I would pick Ole Miss to win. Um, if Tulane, there's a question mark, it's in the secondary. And I think, you know, you Lane's going to figure out a way to get points on the board with them, but man, Michael Pratt can play. Uh, he is a really good quarterback, and they've got some weapons in the pitch and catch part of the game. They're not as good running the ball as they were a year ago, and certainly a lot of that having to do with losing Tajay Spears. But uh, I think Ole Miss wins this game uh, because I think that's the weakness of Tulane. It's in the secondary. I think they're going to go after him and hit on some big plays. But Pratt will hit some too now. Pratt's a, he's an NFL quarterback. And so this will be the first real test for that Ole Miss secondary uh, with Michael Pratt. There you go. Uh, Ole Miss and Tulane, 2.30 Saturday. And then uh, the Saints host the Titans at noon on Sunday. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans, joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Thanks, Mike D. See you, buddy. Thank you, Bo. He's awesome. At Mike Dettelier on Twitter. We are the Out of Bounds Show. And we have fun every week with Mike D. And it's brought to you by Sound and Communications. Soundcomab.com. And what does Sound and Communications do? Sound and Communications. They provide leading-edge audiovisual for churches, businesses, and sports facilities. Locally owned. And they've been doing it for decades. And, uh... Their corporate headquarters located in Pearl, right by Rick's Pro Truck, soundcomab.com. Hour number three coming up.